Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Human suffering Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Jeez, they've got a whole monastery in the attic. Honey, where's the antimony? I'm Adam. Well, I may have been disowned for turning down the family treasure, but at least I'm not pooping my pants. I'm Andy. Antimony face cream? This Dr. Pimple Popper is getting aggressive. I'm Kelly. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This week, we're going to be talking about antimony. About what now? <laughs> antimony, so... Antony! When, when, you di- when you divorce your aunt wife, <laughs> you have to pay her antimony. <laughs> so does anyone actually know what antimony is? No. All right, good. I, I didn't really either until I read about it in a book that is called Quackery, which I highly recommend if anybody has the time to read it. Is it a category of porn on Pornhub? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but uh, we'll leave that alone. It's the completely silent kind. <laughs> no one moans. <laughs> Antimony is actually an element. Oh. So this is a continuation of our series on elements. See our nitrogen and our mercury episodes. So yeah, uh, no one's really sure where the word antimony comes from, but there is one story about where it comes from that's definitely false, but really entertaining. I like (laughs) a false story. Mm -hmm. So a snake oil salesman named Johann Told had gotten a hold of some ancient texts in the early 1600s that were totally real and completely not made up. Oh, good. (laughs) Ancient Chinese secret, huh? (laughs) Of course. So these texts were the writing of a saint Basil Valentine. That's a made-up name. (laughs) I'm Basil Valentine. I solve mysteries. (laughs) (laughs) That's somebody's OC character. (laughs) I'd watch that show. (laughs) So he was a magical man who lived to the age of 106. And he basically said when he died, hey, in 120 years, keep an eye open. Exactly 120 years after his death at the church he worked, a marble pillar was struck by lightning and cracked open to reveal St. Valentine's medical textbook of wonder cures. (laughs) Why didn't he just give it to us right now? (laughs) Because it's time to ferment. (laughs) This is like his resume of how awesome he is. (laughs) Oh, man, if I could show up at a job interview and like say, wait a sec, and then lightning strikes the wall and my resume comes out. (laughs) Check it. (laughs) One of the cures that had taken him a while to get the hang of was a mystery substance. He gave it to pigs and they did great. So he gave it to some of his fellow monks, but they died. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. I call it cocaine. (laughs) So shortly after that, he got the balance right and showed what a wonderful medicine it could be. But he called the substance antimony since it killed monks. Anti-monk powder. Uh Uh (laughs) Aha. 
<laughs> to spread it around. No, no, we got monks in the house. <laughs> Do you hear chanting? <laughs> Why is this brewery back here? I smell fresh bread. <laughs> That's a great story, but the most compelling origin is probably from anti meaning not and monos meaning alone, as this metal is rarely found in its pure form. Uh, yeah. Usually it's bonded to another element and typically with heavy metals such as lead or silver. So we're on to our acid pop quiz. So true or false, antimony is a good conductor of heat. Sure, it's true. As a powder, I wouldn't think so. Uh, I'll say yeah, I guess. No. <laughs> yeah, Kelly's got it. It's false. Uh, it's about 5% as good as copper. I don't know if that's good or bad. Copper's very good. Copper's a good conductor, but uh, it's better than concrete, but not by much. (laughs) Sort of weird (laughs) things you have to compare it to. That's the scale on a scale from concrete to copper. With cat being the middle. Better than concrete, (laughs) but not by much is the name of my sex tape. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) So true or false, antimony is a good conductor of electricity. Once again, well, you just just did me a bamboozle. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yes. That's harder to do than fire. I mean, I'm going to assume it's a lot like concrete, so no. (laughs) Yeah, this is false. It actually makes a better resistor than it does a conductor. (laughs) True or false, antimony is toxic. Kills monks. (laughs) (laughs) Toxic to monks. How much faith do I need to have? The more faith you have, the more dangerous it is. Do you think it kills all monks, like chipmunks? (laughs) (laughs) Monkfish? (laughs) My name's Jonathan Monkman. (laughs) That one detective? (laughs) Monk? I'm going to say, yes, it's very toxic. It's got to be. It'd be one hell of a coincidence if all those monks died for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then what are we going to tell the Buddhists? Uh, Well, again, that story was made up. (laughs) We don't know if it kills monks. (laughs) But uh, yes, it is. I believe that man. (laughs) Though it's not super toxic as these things go, but a little. So we're on to our fill in the blank. So what was one of the first uses of antimony? Feeding pigs. If it's a good (laughs) resistor. Shit, what would they use a resistor for back in the day? I mean, for like the heat or the electricity? Well, what do you want in like a lightning rod? Do you want something that conducts electricity good or something that sends it away? Lightning rods (laughs) are connected to the ground. You want them to conduct good. Okay. You don't want it to just shoot off in another direction? (laughs) It bounces to your neighbor's house. (laughs) Fuck you, Jerry. It's a big metal finger that's pointed at your neighbor. (laughs) I'm going to say armor. Hmm? Armor. It was so rare that why wouldn't you wear it? Uh, That's how gold works. Gold is also not a good armor. (laughs) Well, no, like people people wear it because it's freaking rare. Oh, right. Uh, I'm going to say. You heard about both the Aztecs and the Conquistadors. Come on. Use it to dry your meat and make jerky. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. A good desiccant. Yes. Mercury was a dye, so this was a dye. Why not? Mm. What color? Blue. Mm. <laughs> that was pretty close. So in a few thousand BC, the ore stibnite was discovered, which is the crystal form of antimony and sulfur. Uh, it looks pretty cool, like a shiny black stone porcupine with a pearlescent sheen. Wow. Nice. It's pretty brittle, though. And if you it's my gr- heartstone. Yeah. <laughs> So it's pretty brittle, and if you grind it up, it makes a very black powder. Uh, the Egyptians used the powder for eyeliner. So when you picture the cliched super dark eyes with lines jutting off of them, it's stibonite that they're wearing. I'm oh. taking the point. Yeah, that's pretty close. Is it blue? 
In fact, the periodic symbol for antimony is SB from Stibnite. <laughs> what was the primary medical use of antimony? Diuretic. Mm. Back in the day where they thought medicine needed to make you puke or poop. Because <laughs> diuretic makes you pee. Yeah. Uh, whatever makes you poop. I'm going to say whatever makes you puke. Um, it was an eye medication. They found out with the Egyptians <laughs> that rubbing it around the eye made you see better. So they put it in the <laughs> eyes. No, actually, Adam and Andy got it. Uh, antimony yeah. really hit its stride with a theory of humors. And the idea behind humors is that they have to balance them out. And if you have too much of one, it needs to be purged. You've got too much blood, sir. <laughs> to that end, pretty much anything that made your body excrete was great for balancing the humors. And antimony is great as an emetic and a laxative. So, yes, it makes you throw up and poop. Perfect. I love it. Give me more. <laughs> yeah. So what is antimony used for today? Hopefully nothing. It's, it, it's used as an emetic and a laxative. I'm going to say it's come full circle and we're using it as eyeliner again. <laughs> no, now we are using it as a resistor. Mm -hmm. So ironically, the two main uses of antimony are flame suppressants because it's very non-reactive and for reasons we'll get into in the match heads to make them ignite. <laughs> huh? I'm confused. Yeah. Oh my. We'll get into it. I want this thing to catch on fire, but not too much. Yeah. A little. Maybe it gives it that nice match head smell. Mm. I hate that smell. <laughs> what? You get out of my house. <laughs> Just light a match. He'll run out. <laughs> so we only have one term today. What are pocula emitica? That sounds like bleeding pustules or something. Mm. Those are the twin spokespersons for antimony. <laughs> a pocula and emitica. Yeah, they're two little cartoon characters. If you need to bar for poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it does sound like something you're expelling in some way. Poculate. It just sounds like a big pimple. <laughs> I'm going to say it's it's the description of the what the feces looked like when you took antimony. Mm, so, yeah, amitica is amits. And this basically translates to vomit cup. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So back when throwing up was all part of a healthy lifestyle, these cups were all the rage. A cup would be cast out of pure antimony. Then wine wow. would be poured into the cup. Oh. It would be left in there for about 24 hours. The acids in mm. the cup would react with the antimony to create tartrate of antimony, a purgative. People would then drink the wine and happily throw up. <laughs> I don't approve of this, but that's freaking awesome. You know? I, just, I can't picture somebody throwing up smiling. This yeah. is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little bit of antimony would come off each time. So the cups could be used over and over again. James Cook had one that he took with him on all of his adventures. Uh, and it was reported to fight scurvy somehow. I want to throw up everywhere in the world. Yeah. Well, I think you know. being seasick would be enough. <laughs> what, what you want in the ocean is to be dehydrated. <laughs> Thing is, if you left the wine in there much less than 24 hours, it wouldn't do much. And if you left it in there much more, the wine would gain toxic levels of antimony and drinking it could be fatal. Exactly 24 hours. No yep. more, no less. I need to throw up enough and I don't want to die. <laughs> and that concludes our acid pop quiz. So yeah, antimony. Let's talk about it. Here's the thing about antimony. By itself, it's pretty boring most of the time. The main form of pure antimony looks like if you took a piece of tinfoil and crumpled it up as much as you could with your hands. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it kind of looks like silver pyrite. 
So here's one of my new favorite things is the fact that we've advanced enough in science that we're like, this element is very boring. Yeah. <laughs> I distilled this thing to its purest form and I'm bored now. <laughs> so as mentioned, it's not great at conducting much of anything, which is why it's used as a flame retardant. It's hard and heavy, but it's also quite brittle. You can pretty much crumble it with your hands. You're talking about my ego. <laughs> That's stable antimony, though. There are three kinds of unstable antimony. Yellow, black, and explosive. (laughs) Wait. It sounds like kryptonite. I've never heard of that color. (laughs) It's sort of a reddish orange. I'm sure that used to be a Crayola color. (laughs) Strangely, explosive antimony is probably the least dangerous of these. Please explain. (laughs) Well, if you scratch explosive antimony, it puffs out vapor. It, so it, it doesn't so much explode as pup. It just kind of goes. <laughs> so farting antimony. Yeah. Spits it didn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> so black antimony is formed when antimony vapor is cooled. It's pretty unstable and has a bad habit of spontaneously combusting. Hmm. But it's not good at fire. <laughs> well, that's the stuff that gets used in match heads. Oh. Yellow antimony, however, only exists at temperatures lower than negative 130 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 90 degrees Celsius. Wow. Any higher than that, and it burns itself up into black antimony. Oh, also, <laughs> if you shine light on it. <laughs> <laughs> so don't yeah, oh, Never mind. Yeah. So antimony is added to other metals to make them harder. Also, antimony is like water in that it expands when it freezes, which is quite Mm -hmm. rare. So adding it to metals causes them to expand in molds as they cool, making making for really clean casts. How nice. So pure antimony is added to flame retardants and black antimony is added to match heads. Outside that, this element isn't super useful for anything. Well, they put it in all of my D&D models so the cat is super clean. <laughs> so stibnite was discovered in China and Egypt around 3000 BCE, uh, though they ground it up to make super black cosmetics. It really is a shame that adding antimony to your skin causes it to blister. (laughs) Then you can add more to hide the blisters. At that point, I have all these beauty blisters around my eyes. I've got got Vanta black blisters. (laughs) So as mentioned, antimony really hit its stride with the idea of humors. Uh, Just a bit of antimony could cause people to vomit, poop explosively, or in ideal circumstances, both. Yay, two buckets. (laughs) (laughs) Antimony had a pretty good run as a body fluid ejector. Uh, There were vomit cups that I mentioned that were all the rage. Uh, But if you took a bit too much, it could kill you. But honestly, that didn't really happen all that often. Things carried on that way until the mid-1500s when an Italian metallurgist wrote a book explaining a process for purifying antimony. You know what else was popular in the 1500s? Alchemy. Being a knight. Alchemy, yep. So from here on out, antimony has a few hundred year streak of being the luckiest element around. Yay. So antimony can make you spew in small doses and make you die in large doses. Outside that, it ain't good for much, yet it stuck around for centuries. It didn't have magical properties like mercury. It just sat there looking boring. <laughs> Get your act together, antimony. <laughs> you look like tinfoil, which we haven't invented yet. <laughs> For reasons that utterly escape me, several prominent alchemists became infatuated with antimony. A big thought of alchemy is getting 
to the essence of things. And the essence of antimony was thought to be purity. Mm. Huh. Mm. Yes. The essence of antimony. <laughs> My hymen is back and I never had one. <laughs> <laughs> you could take something and add antimony and its pure essence would spring forth. Ah, yes. No alchemist ever managed to do that, but they were pretty sure that it could if they could just figure out how it worked. <laughs> Alchemy is one of my favorite bogus sciences. <laughs> so Paracelsus himself said that it purified itself and the same time everything else that is unpure. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Once again, Paracelsus, quite a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so if old Sawbones Paracelsus says it's good, you know it's true. Let's go back to rubbing it on our skin. <laughs> yep. You don't understand. The blisters are healing blisters. (laughs) Purity blisters. (laughs) No, the pure form of human is blister. (laughs) So in the early 1600s, our buddy Jonathan Told found the magic text of the totally real Saint Basil Valentine. (laughs) He reproduced the text and made a mint selling it and lots of antimony. So it was becoming more and more popular. The medical world was split. Half the doctor said antimony was a miracle cure-all, and the other half said that it was a virulent poison. Now, one of these groups was right, and the fact that people ingesting antimony stayed the same or got worse was really decreasing antimony's popularity. (laughs) (laughs) But in 1658, King Louis XIV got sick. He took a bit of antimony and made a miraculous recovery. Uh So everything was coming up antimony. (laughs) Is that the Sun King? (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. I'm not sure, though. One of those is responsible for so much bad medical shit. Yeah. So antimony was back on top, but as happens with poisonous laxatives, its popularity was waning. (laughs) (laughs) That is until King George II had a dislocated thumb that was fixed by Joshua Ward. Now, I don't know how in the hell this happened, because Ward was a card-carrying quack who had spent his life curing folks until he was run out of town. Cutting fools. (laughs) (laughs) He'd been around Europe and found his way to London, where he was brought forth to fix the king's thumb. Why this guy? I have no idea. But (laughs) he did it, and he received a ringing endorsement from the king. Ward leveraged this fame to start his line of Ward's Drops and Ward's Pills. Uh, The drops made you puke, and the pills made you poop, using a secret blend of cobalt, arsenic, and antimony. Sounds like the jingle. (laughs) (laughs) Drops make you puke, pills make you poop, it's Ward's. (laughs) (laughs) So Ward became quite rich and famous, and in his later years, he opened up a hospital for the poor where his drops and pills were used often. No, don't stop killing the poor! (laughs) (laughs) What a philanthropist. Yeah. But at the same time, he thinks he's doing the great thing. I was going to say, he thought he was helping, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. So antimony was in high demand again, but its popularity took a hit when it had its first celebrity death in the late 1700s. So Mozart supposedly died from being very sick and trying to take antimony to get better. You bastards. Yep. Just when it looked like antimony was headed towards a career as a rat poison, a new idea came around in the early to 1800s. Just leave it alone, guys. Stop messing with it. No, no, no. You don't understand. We have, we have more ways to make you poop. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You're sick, right? You're coughing or puking or pooping or whatever. So clearly your body is trying to get something out. So if none of these things are getting it out, what we need is another avenue for the toxins to leave the body. Something grosser than coughing, puking, and pooping. Grosser. So you know what's gross? Semen? (laughs) Mm, 
blisters. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. I remember those. Yep. <laughs> those are gross. So that's got to be the best way to get bad junk out of your body. Stands to reason. And as the Egyptians discovered, rubbing antimony on your skin causes blisters. So let's say you've got something like whooping cough or tuberculosis. You take some antimony, you rub it on your skin until a blister forms. Then, when it's throbbing and pus-filled, you pop that sucker and squeeze the juices out. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Then, before it has a chance to scab over, you rub some more antimony in it. (laughs) Really make sure that bad stuff got the message. Very, very sad. (laughs) Repeat until cured. Or dead. Repeat until that part of your skin can no longer blister. Bones can't blister. (laughs) So yeah, this was the final straw that broke the camel's back, and antimony fell from grace. Okay, show's over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, take your blisters and get out of here. (laughs) Or at least it was finally recognized as a poison, but just because something's poisonous doesn't mean it's not useful. That never stopped no one. (laughs) Said said every Russian president ever. (laughs) So you may remember Benjamin Rush from our Mercury episode who thought that Mercury could cure yellow fever. Another of his super genius ideas was this. Boy, alcoholics sure like to drink, and it seems like almost nothing will deter them. What we need is to make alcohol so unpleasant that they won't want to drink it anymore. (laughs) Impossible. So he spiked some rum with antimony and gave it to an alcoholic. (laughs) The man threw up his guts and couldn't look a drink in the face again for two years. Yeah, take that. Sure. Yep, success. You you just poisoned a man. (laughs) Yeah. And so for a few decades after, antimony was used to poison alcoholics into sobriety. (laughs) Well, if we learned anything from our Prohibition episode, that became sort of the uh, government approach. (laughs) For those of you just turning in, Andy's going to find a surprise in his drink tonight. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I still have to play Smash Brothers. <laughs> but I saved what may be the worst use of antimony for last. So in the 1700s, it was understood that if you had pure antimony and it came in contact with something acidic, the antimony would slough off a bit. This is how the Pocula Amitica cups worked. But that was only good for vomiting. What if you wanted to shit your troubles away? <laughs> oh, no. Wine enemas. <laughs> Grab yourself a slice of lime and some antimony. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's what you do. You take antimony and you cast it into a pill. Then you swallow said pill and the acids in your digestive system would react ever so slightly with the pill, causing it to rocket out your backside like the world's most disgusting champagne bottle. (laughs) What? Well, then you can retrieve it. Yep. And hey, since we've already established, antimony is barely reactive with anything. So other than the trace amounts that came off inside you, the pill was almost exactly the same as when you swallowed it. This is a very thrifty X-Lax. Yeah. yeah? Waste not, want not. Uh, This this pill is going in the express lane. (laughs) 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 It's like the log flume. (laughs) Here goes Bear Rabbit. (laughs) So the pills would be collected, cleaned, and used again. No, no matter how much you clean it, it's not clean enough. So then when you were all pooped out and went to the big outhouse in the sky, your child would inherit your pill, as would their children and their children's children. 
I carved your mind, mine and my and your mother's initials into it. Just <laughs> I'd like you so, to inherit this tradition. So these wonder pills would stay in families for generations, ensuring that the family tradition of shitting water would carry on. <laughs> what your grandpa always wanted for you. <laughs> it sounds like somebody's run, running a sink in here until you hear the clink. <laughs> <laughs> Those are somebody's washing their hands and their ring fell off. Well, you know whoever was making these pills wasn't in it for the profit if they're just like heirlooms now. It's true. Air flumes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last of the stories about antimony that I had. Anybody have any personal antimony stories? I never inherited my pill. No. I didn't even know what it was till a minute ago. So I'm, yeah. I'm afraid my parents aren't dead yet, so I don't get the pill. <laughs> <laughs> they have not pooped themselves to death yet. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It's so strange to me because if you look at antimony, it's just like a lump of gray stuff. It just, it's so lame and it doesn't do anything except make you vomit and oh, poop. And it's just like- antimony bashing. Why was it so popular for so long? Because it made you shit and fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's toxic. So, yeah, it has some bad stuff. But surely the ability to make yourself like poop or throw up at a moment's notice is good. Like if you eat yeah. something bad. <laughs> or like you, you, have an, you have an interview coming up and you want some pity votes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just so nervous. <laughs> so last time I shit my pants in an interview, I definitely did not get the job. <laughs> well, no, the, the the trick is to to shit and vomit and then just keep on going, like and just <laughs> so nothing happened, and just start crying. If you think your spouse is about to divorce you, or your girlfriend girlfriend or boyfriend is about to break up with you, take a, take an antimony pill. Where's my antimony? <laughs> well. If nobody has any personal stories about antimony, we'll move on to what are your morals worth? No. <laughs> I don't like any of these. Uh, so you got yourself a shiny brand new antimony pill. At least it's new. Yep. Never been pooped. <laughs> so how much to use that bad boy continuously for a month? Shit, continuously. continuously. What, what does continuously mean? Like as soon as it's out, take it back? It, yep. You can clean it first. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to die. Nah, yeah. you'll be fine. I don't... We can hydrate. It's not just hydration at that point. Like, I've got I've got a bad digestive system, so I'm already on board with diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> We're old friends. This is like a new diet fad. How about like twice a day? Uh, well, let's. How about this? I'll let you do one solid poop between every pill eating. Christ, I'm going to need a lot more money if I'm diarying all the time. <laughs> so the bill comes out, and then as soon as you have a solid dump, it goes back in. Dump? I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if it was constant, then I think we would die. <laughs> Every 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. So, eh, give me 10,000 bucks. Uh, 10 grand? 10 grand. For a month? Uh, it's, the thing is, is that I'm going to have to take off from work, but I want extra for having gone through the trauma. Yeah, I'm going to need enough money to cover work for a month at least. Going to have my my disintegrated and cracked bunghole Rhea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you guys aren't more upset about having to eat this thing over and over again. I'm not happy it's a big, about it. It's just a pill. It came out your butt, Andy. <laughs> I have dish soap, Adam. Dish soap? <laughs> Antimony's not a dish. <laughs> Improper. 
I need to pay for child care for a month. <laughs> it's my butt. I mean, you'd have to do like all your business on the toilet. <laughs> oh, that's where I normally do my business. <laughs> yeah, I've got already got a sanitizer, so I don't need any one of those. You need to get a separate one for that. <laughs> but it's a sanitizer. You don't get to share it with Autumn's bottles. But it's nope. a sanitizer. Nope. Don't care. Non negotiable. No, it's sanitizer. It's my butt pills. <laughs> the thing is, is that I'd have to have like a shit bucket because I'm not going to dig through. Like it might go down the toilet if I do it on it. So you just need a mesh over your toilet to catch yeah. it. Yeah. Just and get a sieve. Just need get to, some nice cheesecloth. Need to through <laughs> one of those Play-Doh machines. <laughs> I was thinking a colander. You just plunk it down in there. <laughs> then we can start selling toilet colanders. <laughs> when you hear the ringing. <laughs> when That's you hear that pillow singing. Uh, I don't want to poop that much. <laughs> Sometimes you got to poop that much, Adam. I'm going to say 20,000. 20,000. Like, like Andy said, that's kind of, that's going to kind of destroy your butt for a while. God, it's just sitting. It's going to burn. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to keep going up from there. Wow. I'm saying 30. Thousand. <laughs> Thirty bucks. <laughs> a dollar a day. <laughs> and I'm doing it in February, the shortest month. Oh, that'll make for a great Valentine's Cheater. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, it's February 14th. My mother has the baby and I've just taken my antimony. <laughs> We've got 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's a motivator. <laughs> <laughs> Just be quick. You're racing the clock. <laughs> Have you ever seen a Jackson Pollock? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not as bothered by this. Like diarrhea, like, you know, bad diarrhea will, will mess you up. But I feel like this is just going to be like, just like liquid. Nothing, nothing painful. So. The liquid is stomach acid. Uh, yeah, maybe a bit. I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> And I'm on a diet. I'm trying to lose like the last five pounds, and those are always the hardest. So this will probably help me over the edge there. <laughs> all that poop weight. Yep. All that all that water weight. <laughs> the water that I just drank that I need <laughs> to live. <laughs> I'll say five thousand. I'd do it for five grand. Damn it, Sean. Unless I want to see what an antimony pill looks like. It's probably boring and gray. That's yeah. how you keep describing probably. antimony. Remember the commercials for Mighty Beans? It's like that, except if you swallow them, you shit yourself to death. <laughs> That might have happened with the Mighty Beans. It's like uh, if you ever wanted to know what it was like to have cholera. I never did. <laughs> it's reusable cholera. Yeah. <laughs> cholera on command. I don't think there's a service for that. <laughs> there's yeah. always a service. There was for a couple hundred years. That's not a party trick anyone's interested in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks to my co-hosts for joining me today. Thanks to Gerard, our awesome editor. And thanks to you for tuning in. If you'd like more information about today's episode, check out our website at acidpoppodcast.podbean.com. You can join us on our subreddit, Acid Pop Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast for updates almost every month. Or you can send us an email at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>